This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You said we live in the greatest country. We live in the most beautiful country, and we specifically live out west, where we have access to the Rockies, the Col- you know, the Cascades, and we have Great PNW. There's so much recreation at our fingertips. Um, we can share the resource or whatever. But one thing that I'm doing, even when it comes to hunting or hunting for awesome places to camp with the family in the summer, is I'm not reading the blogs. I'm not reading anything that's like kind of advertised because other eyeballs. Uh, I do a lot of, like, I use the off-road, you know, on X. They have yeah. a great, oh, yeah. great app. And so I actually think a lot of hunters use Google Earth and on X to scout for elk hunting spots. My wife scouts for camping spots, and she pulls up Google Earth, and you can scale the time of yeah. when the picture was taken, and she can see, like, a five-year average when camp spots are kind of chill. Here to tell you the best time to go camp. Well, I don't know if I want to tell your audience. <laughs> I'll tell you guys when we're it's right now. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of days in the summer that are after a really big holiday where everybody's got to go back to work. Right. If you time it right, you'll really I get know, some good I could, spots. I could. You're listening to America's Off-Road Podcast. Fueled by enthusiasm, a passion for the outdoors, and a spirit of adventure, we drive the industry we love. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of America's Off-Road Podcast. With me is Cooper and a special guest that you guys might have I'm Cooper. seen or heard before, Dan with Elk Shape. Mm. Welcome back, Dan. It's good to be back. Good. Well, we just hopped off your podcast, so if you guys want to check out, if you're a hunter, um, particularly Elk, uh, make sure you go check out his podcast. It's just Elk Shape, right? Yes, go to sir. Any place you listen to your podcast, iTunes, Spotify? Nope, not Spotify. I'm pulling all my Spotify. content off Spotify. Mm. Yeah, and wait, you know, until Joe Rogan apologizes. Mm. Oh. What now? I, I saw just, something about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I, I like, saw, I saw him apologize. What are we, oh, you're going to Rumble. Got it. <laughs> no. Uh, Spotify, I like Spotify for podcasts, honestly. Yeah. The, that's probably like the 
what gets used the they most. They drop Neil Young, though, and you're like, I've had it. <laughs> Keep on rocking in the free world. But uh, I don't do YouTube like you guys do. I no. kind of like the, the cameras and stuff, but I wish more people would watch right. podcasts. But, you it's know. A, it's a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one. We do it because we're just set up for it. You guys you know? are gangster. Look at this drive. Yeah, I, know, I know. We got it all. I think we did it because, honestly, um, closed caption. So if people are yeah. at work, <laughs> they can stream it and throw the closed caption on. You know, nobody you knows. Like, you think Kyle's got a face for radio and TV? Oh, one million oh, percent yes. face for radio. Hundred percent. Yeah, he's got the beard game that yeah. I do not have. Right. Do you put no. beard oil in there? Occasionally, I do. Yeah. Did you do it today? Occasions. I did not today. No. Why is Dan not, not that important? Special? Today was was cream, mm. beard, beard cream, beard butter. Mm. I think it's good for you to keep your private life to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, if you guys want to check out everything you want to know about elk hunting, and this is not your road hunting. If you guys want to check out elk shape, uh, quick 30-second blurb about elk shape, what you do, elk shape and what you do. Mm-hmm. Elk shake? Elk shake. Now that I kind of like that. That could be a really protein-based. That could be. You should make an elk shake for elk shape. Like post-work, post-workout, post-hike. Post hike. Oh, yeah. Elk shake. Thanks for tuning into the Elk Shake podcast. If you just finished your workout, get yourself some elk shake. What's what flavor is that? A one. But make sure you guys check out his podcast. Huge avid elk hunter here, local Mm. to us. One of our brand ambassadors. Um, so make sure you check that out wherever you guys like to listen to your podcast. It is Elk Shape. You gonna let him talk about it or what? Yeah, give give us a little blurb. Yep, we sell. I sell hard work. It's what I'm selling. It's what I'm slinging. And uh, we leverage elk hunting to kind of make everything else in life better. So we do talk about other things besides just elk hunting. Mm-hmm. A lot of self, like uh, discipline, sure, uh, personal development, leadership. And I even get into like the nutrition and fitness. I do a lot of consults live on the podcast for anyone who you know wants to do this or that, the other. Uh, but you never know what you're going to get. Uh, but the podcast is uh, it's fun. It's a good medium. People can consume it while they do other things. Sure. I think uh, for me personally, I listen to a handful a week and I catch myself writing stuff down and like, you know, learning something while you're doing other things. So I love podcasts. We do YouTube. We do social. Uh, we do elk shaped camps that are live where we go to places and help people learn about elk hunting or shorten their learning curve. So um, we're busy. Yeah. Yep. And for those of you that don't know, we, we've had Dan on before, and the last time he was on, it was to go over um, a build we did for you, setting your truck up to kind of make everything that you do in the wild and everything else that much easier. And this is kind of our like follow up. Hey, how'd it work we'll out? Recap. You know, this is this is our report card. <laughs> well, let's say it's Kyle's report card. I got all A's. Um, you know, I just picked out the parts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we kept Kyle busy on the build. Yeah. I bugged him a lot. Um, hey, but I've it, left you alone lately. Yes. Yeah, it's been a while. It's a calm before, before the storm. We dive, before we dive into all the trips, because I know you just cut back from, what, four or five different elk trips over the season? A lot. You were, you were from state to state to state. Uh, before we dive into that and the truck build, if you guys have any questions on past episodes, you want a suggestion for mm-hmm, a future mm-hmm. episode, Shoot us an email, podcast at offroadpowerproducts.com. Or if you were kind enough to leave us a review, make sure you take that screenshot. Shoot that email over to podcast at offroadpowerproducts.com with your email address. Maybe a shirt size. You might get something in the mail. You never oh. know. Swag. Maybe we'll send swag. you an, an elk shake. 
an elk I don't shake. Know how well you it's don't know what you're gonna get. But yeah, we built your truck, and that was eight months ago. It was a while ago. Uh, we had you on the podcast right before. In fact, probably I don't know a month when we had you on the podcast. You left. We did the build in like the hottest heat it wave was, oh I've ever experienced in Spokane. <laughs> it was rough. It was brutal. It was a warm one. And if you saw it on YouTube, you could see my sweat. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. But <laughs> yeah, you were you were sparkly. I was shiny. Glistening. Um, so before we dive into your success stories, how's the truck? What likes what dislikes? It changed? Yeah. What do you like? What don't you like? Future plans. What what do you need? Yeah, so I love that uh, the truck is a. I bought it and it was an 18 and it had 38K miles on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm just going to throw myself under the bus. Didn't do a lot of due diligence that I didn't realize this truck came from Canada, A. Ah. Oil filled truck. Right. So somebody, I mean, the truck, fine. they treat them nice. They, so <laughs> they leave them running a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had. The truck itself was super doped, but I had a lot of, like, my personal problems. I had an right. O2 sensor go out. Mm. Uh, I had to replace the Cadillac converter, the uh, internal fuel pump. And all this happened, all this check engine life like right was while I was gone, like, a long ways oh, away good. from Spokane. Ooh. So everything you guys touched, gold, but I just had to work through a few things. I hope that's all in the past. But as far as report card goes, guys, this is the, the – I'm so doped in. I'm dialed. <laughs> This, it's not fair. Right. My life is so much better. I don't have a ton of totes. I'm not going. I have a place for everything. Right. Efficiency uh, is everything for me and, and for how much I hunt. It's Everything's got a place. And then the truck can go really cool places now that I probably wouldn't have taken it. Nice. Um, I took it on a couple of places on the in Montana when I was uh, doing some scouting where I couldn't see over the hood. And I was like out, my head was out oh, yeah. the window. And I'm like, okay, where's the road? And I was pretty sure like a side-by-side only type road. But I mean, right. it, it was a legit road. But rooftop tent sticks out pretty high. Oh, yeah. That's one concern. Yeah. <clears throat> but other than that, flawless system. Everybody should, that hunts should probably look at my build video and, and take notes. Right. Well, I think that's kind of... You mentioned the rooftop tent. You're not the only one. I remember... When I put my first rooftop tent on my first truck, took the family out and ripped a hole in the side of the <laughs> the cover because it's like, okay, my side's clear. Yep, I'm clear driver. I'm clear passenger. Go straight. And there was a branch that was like way up there that I just didn't see. So that's, well, why that's, would why would you look that? High? Yeah, why look up? You know, you're the only guy I know that has hucked hucked his truck with a rooftop tent on. <laughs> he literally went like six feet off the ground in his ZR2. Launched. Okay, so so I built this my ZR2. You, yeah, I think you've awesome. seen it. Yes. The, the camo one, right? It was great. Some 35s with <laughs> a leveling kit. First first time Cooper takes me to Moab, which is a place if you haven't taken your family, <laughs> you've got to go, especially in your truck. You would love it. And we're, so it's my first experience ever in Moab. I might've even been my first trail. Oh yeah, it was. And I'm following Spider was the name of the trail. Yeah. In, in this monster truck that our howitzer build that is just a do all, do everything truck. Nothing gets in its way. And he's behind me and he's like, comes on the radio and he's like, Kyle, send it, go, go, go. So I'm like, okay, Cooper says to go. So I'm just going to go. So I literally flip. 
pedal down. I've got our, our old videographer camera in the passenger seat, our owner's brother-in-law in the back seat, and we caught ridiculous amount. Of he air. did a double, literally. Like ridiculous. he went off He's, a jump, <laughs> cleared another one, landed in another one, and like, boom, and went even higher on the second I mean, one. I was like, it was oh, violent. Wow. Note to self: Kyle will listen to me if I tell him <laughs> to do something. The, the best part about <laughs> that's like, funny. The best part about this whole thing was. Like, after we're done, I'm like, is everybody okay? Like, wow, that was intense. Our owner, Brian, gets on the radio, and he's like, Kyle? Yeah, Brian? Y- you don't have to do what Cooper tells you to do. <laughs> I was like, duly noted. Roger that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah wasn't we, that the same trip that you also later on, like, overcompensated and didn't do what I told you when I was like, hey, don't follow me? Yeah, same trip. Cooper's like... <laughs> We first, first and foremost, <laughs> story time here. Cooper takes me to this place called um, was Hell, Hell's, Hell's Revenge? Revenge. Hell's Revenge. So super nice name right off the gate. Never been there in my entire life. We show up. We get to the parking lot. We air down. It's also eleven thirty at night. It's dark. There's no night ride. No, oh, I, lo- I love no it. No nothing. This is a piece of cake, Cal. You're fine, it, and it was for the most part, as long as I just. Listened. Focused on Cooper's taillights. And, but <laughs> I was so focused on, like, driving where Cooper was going because I was terrified. Like, Moab's can be a little scary. If oh, it's, your first it's time really it's sketchy black. when it's pitch black. And so Cooper's like, don't follow me. What do I do? I follow Cooper. So we do this whole trail ride. We get down at, like, 1245. No, you need, to, you need to clarify. We are, like, we are, like, an eighth of a mile into the trail. And what happened? Are you talking about my driveline? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know until <laughs> the next day. No, but we're an eighth of a mile in. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, follow, I'm following Cooper. Like, Don't follow me. Every, I'm literally following his tire lines. We get done. We go back to the, the room. We wake up the next morning. We go hop on the highway in Moab there to go down to the vendor show. And I hit about 45 miles an hour, and my truck is vibrating like it's a massage chair. Oh, no. The whole... And I'm like, what? I get under my whole driveline's just wrecked, just wrecked. So yeah. So yeah. for does your audience know like the deal with Moab? So I've been I've drove through Moab this year, right? But I've I've never played in Canyonlands or in that kind of stuff. Like, you guys are taking full size vehicles. This is mm-hmm. like a Jeep trail that you guys are just oh, yeah. Jeep side by side, full size. And you guys aren't you guys head down that way every year for mm-hmm. some sort of vendor village like thing. Um, There's a bunch of events. No, there is a vendor village, but we wouldn't be in it because that would mean that we weren't out on the trails. We <laughs> were in. Well, so what's the best time to ride? Um, anytime, anytime's the best time. Like uh, we'll go. I, if if someone if I'm there and it's one of those things like we're up here all the time anyway. So if I'm there and someone's like, "Hey, we're going night wheeling," oh. I'm in. <laughs> Give me thirty seconds. Let me get out of bed. <laughs> yeah, and and I will go because wheeling at night, it's just you know it adds a whole nother flair to it. You talk about like learning from getting outside of your comfort zone. If you always go like, okay, it's the middle of the day now, we're gonna go. No, learning your rig and learning how to go over obstacles is a whole other challenge in the dark because you're like, I. You you think not seeing over your hood during the day is uh, yeah. Wait till nothing. you're like oh wow that that's a 150 foot drop right there and I had no idea. Dude, I'm out. <laughs> it's 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 a scary feeling, but like Cooper said, it, it definitely helps you. One of my go to things that I always tell our listeners and stuff is like, 
if you want to get a fresh up on your recovery gear and your vehicle, go snow wheeling. Not like in in the at seven mile. Like go up into the tallest mountains you can find and go snow wheeling because you will come across a recovery situation, something that you need to get out and do. And it's pretty similar with night wheeling. Like only to the aspect of like you you kind of learn a little bit more about what your vehicle is capable of. Like, okay, now I'm uncomfortable. I feel like I'm going to tip over. Can I keep going or not? Do I need to get out and look and see? Um, And if you ask me, I'm always going to be like, no, it looks fine. fine. It looks fine. You're You're good. You're fine. But I'm in the the driver's seat. It doesn't feel fine. It doesn't. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's fine. Where do you guys camp down there? Um, uh, we Airbnb. Okay, so you rent a house, and then how? Mm-hmm. What's the closest trail? Like, is it like a thirty-minute drive? Oh and you're no, you, you could, you could, you can be on a trail like in five minutes. Have you done all the trails? I've not done all of them, but I have done a majority of them. There's, there's there a, a lot of trails. Ridiculous amount. When's the not peak season? That uh, right now. That's the time to be down there. Yeah, if you don't want people like around, but really. It, it, it's funny because you're coming into this talking about Moab and it's kind of this weird transition time where um, this pandemic has really, really changed a lot of areas. 100%. Um, the, the views people have on stuff, the clear lines in, uh, in um, politics and, and, you know, people like losing track of, of the things that are important, you know, the things that we really like. And uh, Moab's changed. Like, it's a different area. If, uh, if you were to ask me now where I would go, mm, I'm not going to tell you. But <laughs> yeah, that's probably, yeah, that's how hunting has. So the, the pandemic, a lot of people were either out of work, but a lot of them were just forced to stay home and work from home. Right. A lot of tech companies, and they're just like, they just pivoted and allowed people to work from home. Right. And then people were like, well, I got a good salary. I don't need to live in this state. I'm going to move to somewhere I want to live because I can work from home. So hunting saw such huge numbers, just like your guys' things that you do. And Mm -hmm. for me, I'm I'm excited about that. Like, I'm not like, oh, like, mm," like, I don't want them in my spots, right? Oh, they're going to find them. (laughs) But they're going to find them. And so that's the premise of my business and my brand is to out-hustle the competition separations in the preparation right but ultimately i do like seeing more people being outside more people chasing adventure regardless if they're you know getting their meat themselves from the you know from the mountains or they're just going (sighs) recreation like you guys do with camping and Uh but yeah i think we all need to like probably understand that this could i hate this word this could be the new normal yeah it's competitive you know yeah no, it it could could very well. Well, and really, you know, we've been living really, really good as a country for a really, really long time. And um, you know, for us to get as comfortable as we are, and this this could obviously jump into a lot deeper and bigger segment that I'm not going to let it go to. But no doubt, like we've we've got, we live in the greatest country in the world. We have all the freedoms you can ever think of. You know, you could wake up at 2 a.m. and decide you want ice cream and go down to the local store and be safe and get that and come Separate home experience and, and understand. Yeah, you know, I've 100%. been I've been I've been all over. I've been all over the world. And there are places that don't even have ice cream, Kyle. I know it's downright un-American. And you're right. 
and uh, we've got it. We've got it really, really good here, and right. we've had it really good for a long time. So you know, uh, it may be the new normal. I don't know that I want to totally get comfortable with it, but you know, I'm seeing places change that uh, have have really embraced and accepted some of the stuff that I like in the past, and and they aren't the same. And I think that we're really seeing that mass exodus from areas that have a lot of rules and a lot of um, control. And they are starting to flood into these areas that were a lot more laid back and comfortable. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I necessarily mind that because those people aren't going to go the places that I would normally go. I just don't want them to bring their stuff with them. Leave the ideology behind. Yes. Come right. and come play and hang out with some laid yeah. backsters that right. love to play hard. Yep. That's well, cool. I think one of the things that I hope if anybody's listening, new or past listener, go back and listen to Cooper and I's trail etiquette video because one of my concerns this is, is a that huge topic with, with yeah. all oh, of yeah. these new people getting into hunting, getting into off roading, getting into bicycling, whatever they're doing, people are there's a, a huge push for people to get outdoors now. Right. I just hope they treat it with the respect that everyone and previous generations have because it's so frustrating to walk into a trail or a campsite and see garbage left on the side oh, of the road or people out target shooting and they leave a microwave blown up in, in the middle of nowhere. And it's it's with, with all this push for new people to go out and explore and, and do, whether it's hunting, off-roading, whatever it may be, just pack out what you pack in. Yeah. Because no, there's etiquette is something that is huge. Yeah. And there's always a bad apple. You could have a totally. hundred people <laughs> go out and just have a good time and do it the right way and leave it actually better right. than sure. they found it. But all it takes is one bad apple to grab mm -hmm. the old uh, dishwasher or washing machine and shoot it up or blow it up or just leave your garbage or Honestly, start a wildfire because you didn't put your fire out. Like, there's right. a bunch of or like, you didn't you didn't know you weren't allowed to have a fire right there because oh it was so dry. Because <laughs> you didn't get online and see what the regulations. Or because you're or, not from the area. Yeah, but like for hunting, there's some etiquette. Like, you know, like I told you, we had a huge increase of hunting. Well, right. we're all pursuing a pretty limited resource, mm -hmm. right? And uh, you pull up to a trailhead, and now there's 30 trucks where you had the place to yourself right. for a decade. Um, what's the etiquette there? Well. You know, there is there's some nuance, but ultimately treat others how you would like to be treated, like there's you learned in kindergarten. I promise you, like and, and there's some trailheads where it's like, okay, well there's endless amounts of canyons and trails sure. off that. Sure. But man, yeah, if you're going to a box canyon and, and someone already beat you to it, man, hey, you That's know theirs. Move on. Keep move going. on. Be but there earlier the next day. Be respectful and you know, I always root for other hunters. You know, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I'm always like, your success will not get in the way of mine. I, I want you to have the best experience ever. I'll pivot. I'll move. Right. Um, I'm not always perfect. But ultimately, I, I could see a, what we're all talking about. The same thing is, like, don't overlook etiquette when it comes to off-roading, right. camping. Right. And um, especially with some new people there that maybe that etiquette wasn't passed down. It's all new to them. Oh, yeah. They need to learn um, and be open to learn. Mm -hmm. Which well, Which opens up, like... It's so funny you, you say that because that UTV segment has really, and and we we talked about this. You guys will have to check it out. We talked about it on uh, on his uh, the Elk Shape podcast with Dan there. Um, UTVs getting people out places and like 
you know, at least turn the UTV off when you're going to bugle <laughs> from the road. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you talk about uh, etiquette when it comes out to uh, um, hunting and everything else. And I know multiple times um, I've gotten out, you know, before light. Because that's when my dad and my grandpa taught me, oh, no, you get out before light so that you're settled before right. things start moving around and the light starts coming up. And uh, um, I'll have sat there for two hours, and all of a sudden some <laughs> dude ends up showing up, like walking through like a bull in a china shop, making all the noise in the world, talking to his buddy. Right. And uh, it's like, okay, well, this is shot. And and I think over the years, the kind of stuff that I've I've learned on it is – yeah, you could let that ruin your whole day. You could let that be the impact moment of the whole outline of it all. Or you could take it as, well, I probably wasn't going to get anything today anyway, and these guys just solidified it. Let me figure out what else I could do so that I can improve my situation and learn something from this. Maybe i got to get out a little bit farther. This was a new area. I've never been here, and um, these people clearly know their way around. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to move on and I'm going to have fun and I'm gonna make the most of it. Cause really what we all want to do is get out there and make memories. We want to do something right. that, that doesn't require us sitting on the couch, looking at a screen. We want to, we want to, you know, be a part of connect with our environment and nature and get out and see something that might just make us go. Wow. Hey guys, tonight's episode is brought to you by Redhead Steering Gears. Kyle, what makes a Redhead Steering Box so good? Well, first and foremost, they are a family-owned and operated company, but they have unmatched quality. Because each worm gear and piston gear is custom fit, this allows Redhead to guarantee zero play in their steering boxes. Redhead also has over 500 vehicle applications available in their lineup and uh, is backed by a one-year unlimited mile warranty. So, if you're on the market for quality and reliability, stick to what we think is best, and that's a Redhead Steering Gear Box. Booyah! You said we live in the greatest country. We live in the most beautiful country, and we specifically live out west, where out we have west. access to the Rockies, the Col- you know, the Cascades, and we have Great PNW. so much recreation at our fingertips. Um, we can share the resource or whatever, but one thing that I'm doing, even when it comes to hunting or hunting for awesome places to camp with the family in the summer, is I'm not reading the blogs. I'm not reading anything that's like kind of advertised because other eyeballs. Uh, I do a lot of, like I use the off-road, you know, on X. They have yeah. a great... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah great app and so i actually think a lot of hunters use google earth and on x to scout for elk hunting spots my wife scouts for camping spots and she pulls up google earth and you can scale the time of when the picture was taken and she can see like a five-year average when camp spots are kind of chill here to tell you the best time to go camp well i don't know if i want to tell your audience (laughs) I'll tell you guys when we're right now. Yeah. (laughs) There's a couple of days in the summer that are after a really big holiday where everybody's got to go back to work. Right. If you time it right, you'll really get some good spots. I can tell you right now, and I'll say it. I'll say it on camera. Winter wheeling and camping doesn't get better than next level. Hmm. You got to come on a trip with us because it is, you have the mountain to yourself. You have everything. You will not see anyone. And it is, it's awesome. And you get yourself the kind of gear. That makes it makes it comfortable, and you will make memories that are like, 
Wow, because it will take you will take a, a trail that's easy in the summer, just a logging road, and all of a sudden it's a challenge. Well, and it's for like, me. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, and for me because I have a cow, but uh, <laughs> but we 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 have a good time and it's it's amazing. And you will not share a camping space with any anyone. And and the funny thing is, I always joke about it. Every I have a buddy who's got some property to go to every year for uh, Memorial Day and all that. And, all the campsites, all the actual campsites are all folded up. Oh, yeah. And they're all Washington plates. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, they all came over here. and They don't know the area, so they all went to the campsite, and they're hanging out with everyone else, whereas we'll get way out in the sticks. And, like, I, I know some good stuff, but, uh, yeah, we'll have to take you camping. Yeah, you got to keep your cars close on that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? The yeah. last snow wheeling trip Cooper and I did, the road came to a Y, which kind of had a big flat spot. We literally camped middle of the road. in the middle of the Y, yeah, because we were breaking trail. There was no nobody. Oh, certainly nobody around us. We had the most epic view. It was. Oh, we got to watch. Silent. We got to watch the moon come up. It was a weird and thing. We're right on the edge of this valley, and we're like looking over. I'm like, why is it getting so bright? And it hadn't clicked yet. And it was a full moon, and it was like daylight out. It was. It was it pitch was black. It broke the crest of the mountain, and it was like, whoa. We can see, see everything now. <laughs> yeah. What's your go-to Timbo Tusk, uh, like, meal for everyone to, like, in the evening after playing or whatever? Cooper's got his. I've got mine. For me personally, I'm a big stir-fry guy, so I do, like, a. they make, like, pre-cooked noodles. The yakisoba noodles. Yakisoba noodles. Okay. That, like, mm-hmm. they, they pre-cook them, vacuum seal them, and all it takes is, like, some warm water to warm it up. But I'll do, like, a bunch of veggies and maybe some shrimp or chicken or steak, and then throw those noodles on there and then dump a bunch of sauce on it. softens those noodles mm-hmm. up, and it's like good to go. Throw, yep. a little, throw a little kimchi in it. Kimchi. Oh, man. Epic. It's I, good. I, I'll do, you name it, I'll do steaks, rice, asparagus. Like, I'll, I'll do, they'll be legit meals. And breakfast is my go-to. I love breakfast. We had, you talk about eat and get. We, we were on Ultimate Adventure, which is like the roughest to the rough for for off-roading in in for a week long you're pretty much living out of your vehicle i had or i shouldn't say i had cooper made me smoked salmon eggs benedict for breakfast it was the best breath look at you so good we did a archery challenge shoot at big sky montana this year you got to use that was like the first time i got to use the truck really uh i was pretty stoked we had quite the setup but we did um we did antelope burgers one night. Mm. Um, a guy brought me extra antelope meat, so we were just grilling for everybody. We did elk burgers as well. Um, came with my wife. Speaking of breakfast, yeah. she's got this dope recipe where she dices up, you know, yams, uh, sweet potatoes, whatever you want to, <laughs> and really teeny tiny, just yep. and then she dices up all the bacon uncooked, yeah. and then cooks them together. So the bacon oh, grease kind of keeps it, you know, like your oil. Oh yeah. yeah. And we actually use bear. You can use bear grease. Oh, yeah. rendered bear fat right if yeah. you're into hunting or anything most totally. people aren't little, but little lard yep and then um what you can do is you can get that up get that grill and get the the yams the right texture where they're like you know kind of soft but soft exactly yeah. nailed it and then you just add we just add eggs and egg whites on top for breakfast and kind of make a scramble yeah my goodness i'll get out of bed for that so, oh you, you ready i'll take that i'll one up it i i do that only with <laughs> the white sweet potatoes not the yams because i just like them a little bit better okay um i cook the bacon first so that I've got that bacon fat to cook them in. Then I cook them in Brussels sprouts. What? Throw the bacon back in. Throw um, a touch of uh, um, balsamic 
vinegar and then do the eggs with it and what's your schedule this summer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we go camping it's it's a Oh no! It all revolves around the meals. It, it should. Treat. I mean, you it, should. It, you should you break should bread eat, together. Eat, eat good and be comfortable, and that—that's the best. I mean, like, you don't have any of the distractions. You don't have cell coverage. You don't have TVs. You don't have any of that. It's all conversation and food and hanging out around the cook area. And and if you're not there, you're out making memories either with UTVs or hiking or, or mountain bikes or something yeah. else. So. And if you have kids, I know you do, and. You have kids? Yeah, oh yeah, I got three. Okay, so we all know that there's always something competing for their time, right. and it's a device. But we don't. That's not uncharted out, not territory. Out, not out there. That's uncharted territory too. Like totally. we don't know the long term right. like effects of that. Like, and so any excuse to get away from that Wi-Fi oh, yeah. and that cell phone tower, sign well, me well, up. I'm I'm lucky. I've 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 fought it for a lot of years. Like my kids only just recently. I've got a. 17-year-old, a 14-year-old, and 11-year-old. The 11-year-old doesn't have a phone. The 14-year-old just got one. The 17-year-old has one, but it is very limited. And uh, when we get out in the wild, like to go camping, they, they all know, like those things aren't anywhere to be seen. There will never be uh, an iPad. There will never be any of that. Like you, you want to entertain yourself? There's a tree, there's an axe, there's, <laughs> you know, you're going to go, you're going to go do something. And usually I don't like, it's, it's not even a conversation I have to have with them because they're either off in the UTVs goofing off or they're throwing rocks or it, my kids get so competitive. It will start off with a, let's see who can hit that first with a rock. <laughs> and next thing you know, like everyone's there. And of course I've got to win. You got to show them what's up. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Mine are six and nine. So they haven't, they don't even know what, what phone, well, they know what phones are, but when we go camping, they're like, wait, we can get dirty and we can play in the fire. Yeah. So my son's favorite thing is to, to, to put sticks in the campfire and then put them in the air, watch the flame blow out. And then it's like smoke. And he like, Oh yeah, God. Right? Is that, oh, yeah. Like I still do Hours. as an adult. Right. right. I'm like, yeah, your kid does that. I do that. <laughs> we did some boat camping. Um, in the middle of the summer. So we loaded our entire boat up, went to a beach, set up a big camp, brought the Timbo Tusk, everything. And we woke up at like 8, and it's already like 85 degrees outside. Oh, yeah. Blazing hot at Lake Roosevelt. And my son's like, Dad, can we start the fire now? Can we start the fire? Can we start? And I'm like, no, no. it's 85 degrees outside. But, yeah, you get the kids out there camping young and exploring and doing things that kids should be doing. It, yeah. it totally changes their perspective. On oh, it. and I think they should get dirty every day. Oh, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Timbo Tusk. Whether we are packing for a long day on the trail or just a simple weekend getaway, we never leave home without the Timbo Tusk. If you find yourself cooking with a Timbo Tusk and you taste a little savory, a little, I don't know, freedom, well, that's because they are designed, built, and assembled 100% here in the U.S. of A. They come in a variety of sizes and break down easily into their own carrying case. That way, things are efficient for you to pack for a trip or, more importantly, to get ready to make a meal. So, go to TimboTusk.com, use the coupon code AOPODCAST, that's A-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to get 5% off your next order. Now, back to our episode. Booyah! Why do you have to put so many rules on them, Kyle? No, jeez, I don't have Unbelievable. a. I, I don't live on property. I live oh. in a neighborhood with an HOA, so it's not like I can uh, be like, go outside and throw rocks. <laughs> like my kids, I'll get a fine in the mail. Yeah, we 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 live in the middle of nowhere, and my kids used to be like, oh, um, 
I'm I'm bored and I, I regurgitated and I laughed a little bit when I did it. The same thing my grandpa told me the first time I told him. I want to know what hey, you say. I'm bored. And he goes, hey, people who get bored have no imagination. You open that door and there are endless possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> so I would <laughs> always go in. And of course, at that point in time, when I was a little kid, he'd always be like, uh, have you seen my circular saw? And like none of his tools were where he left them because I'd just go start building stuff in the workshop and then go off into the woods and try and put together a fort, which would usually end up being like a half a foot off the ground. Be like, you know, Dude, that. when you take your kids camping, have you who invented this chocolate inside a marshmallow for s'mores? Have you guys tried that yet? No, I haven't yet. tried it yet, but I my mean, kids are big s'more fans. That's a game changer. It's the chocolate's already inside the mallow? Yeah, and my kid... We'll find the Hershey's if I, you know, and just crush it. And then you're like, dude, we can't do s'mores. S'mores are gone. <laughs> so my wife found those. I don't know where she got them. I figured you guys would be in the know. Interesting. No, no I, did. I don't. But Chocolate. one of my go-to snacks when I was a kid, I don't anymore. I think you like snacks, don't you? Yeah, of course I like snacks. Yeah, but this is, this is more snacks. like a, a sweet tooth one. Have you ever roasted? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever roasted Starburst? What? Uh, you know what? I just thing. heard about that this summer. It's my, so good. My 14-year-old told me about it, and she's like, yeah, it's amazing. You put a bunch of Starbursts on a little skewer. You yep. roast them like you do a marshmallow. Once they start dripping, you pull them off and let them cool. No, you dip it in water real quick. Or you can Makes do that. Makes the outer shell like crispy. You're and serious. The inside, inside is like still... super, super soft. Yeah. I'm today's years old. I never knew. Yeah, Next time you either. take your family out, bring a bag of Starbursts. You took my 14-year-old. I'm like, well, okay. It's, it's fantastic. The other thing that um, I learned the hard way is um, somebody in this building, I will not say names, likes to take a certain aluminum can, put just a little bit of gasoline in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's our fearless leader. <laughs> you tighten it up and throw it in. Uh, and the Kurz cur- can, it's a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a bomb. But it's a fun trick to play on your friends, as long as you are of age. Yeah, usually I'm the one they're doing it behind <laughs> while we're podcasting. Yeah, we did that in the podcast. I'm excited for you to come along with one of our Fireside podcasts. Oh, yeah, you'll dig that. You got the truck to come along with us now. Be I'm in. Those ones. You'll have to just bring the whole family. Yes. Okay, you guys asked me earlier what would I want to do different with my truck. I said not much, but what I'm looking at as uh, a lighting system yep. in the back. I've already built it. And then a winch in the front because Coop says I have to do that. Yep. And that's it. I mean, everything else is so money. If you're if you're going solo, you need a winch. I do. Yeah. the The recovery boards are awesome, but I mean, they'll only get you so far. And at some point, I would imagine, especially with you going the places you go, you're going to need one at some point. And Um, and I've said this before, but the nice thing about a winch, um, everything's more controlled. Yeah. It doesn't have to be chaos. It doesn't have to be. And then I floored it to try and get out of where I was at. Right. You can just not tax your vehicle that much and control it and pull yourself out. What's your guys' most popular winch that through the off-road? Worn. Worn. Yeah, worn all day long. Like Go for prepared. your truck, the, the, a 12,000-pound synthetic winch, that would be phenomenal. Noted. And the lighting will totally be a game changer because I know you're leaving early, coming back super late. Yeah. And the Baja lighting that you can put, the accent lighting will be epic for mm-hmm. the back of that. Mm-hmm. If you want to come back and cook, or unless, I don't know, are you going to hire an assistant to come with you and cook? You. Just a chef? You're coming. <laughs> Just, I need a chef for this. Is, this I need dinner ready about 7.30, 8 p.m. at night. <laughs> Every night. 
<laughs> oh, man. Before we wrap this up, let's talk a little bit about your success. I know last time we talked, you were getting ready to go to what? New Mexico? Yep. Colorado? Did you do Colorado? I hunted in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Idaho, What's Nevada. Are, are there a lot of elk in Texas? Actually, there is elk in Texas and West Texas. There's mule deer in West Texas. Uh, they have Audat or Barbary sheep. They have antelope. Uh, that's West Texas. Texas is huge. Yeah. Um, but they're known for their whitetail, Texas whitetail, oh. especially South Texas where I went. I hunted whitetail there. I hunted elk in New Mexico and uh, antelope or pronghorn in Nevada, elk in Idaho. Did you drive your truck to all these places? I drove 10,000 miles during hunting season. You did? Yes. So smoke. I didn't drive to Texas, but it's everywhere else. Like a little sidebar. I don't know if you get like this or not, but when you're prepping for a trip and you're like going with your truck, I don't know if you do this, but I'm always like, dude, I'm stoked because like everything is so perfect for the rig. Like I daydream about, okay, I got to Usually I can't sleep the night before because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm taking – like if I'm going wheeling with pumpkin, I'm like taking pumpkin wheeling. It's like a legit – we're going wheeling. I get to let it off the leash. We're going to go have some fun. Everything is dialed. I know exactly where it all is. I know exactly what I need to do in the morning. Do you just get like pumped, walk over to the window, look out at it? Oh, yeah. You and me, tomorrow we got a date. It's going to be rad. There's no anxiety about – Forgetting something, Mm-mm. everything's dialed, has a place. Obviously, I mean, we did the truck build pretty late in the year, right? Um, so my first mo- uh, maiden voyage was Nevada. That's kind of where I had all the check engine garbage go on. But we got all that dialed, and then I hit the bulk of elk season, which is all I really care about. I'm out there grocery shopping, and really just elk hiking or right. bow hiking. That's mainly what I do. But I was dialed, and yeah. Like I said, there's really nothing I'm going to change too much other than those two little upgrades because everything's perfect, um, and that's a huge weight off my chest. Like right. the last thing I have done this, I've gone on hunts where I've like forgot boots. Right. Oh. Like I'm just wearing tennis shoes, and I'm like, "Oh, I look like a rookie." <laughs> yeah, this is going to suck. Um, so just everything, and and I have this theory about when I when I go hunting that two is one. So now I take two of everything, and I got room to put two of everything the way right, the truck's right. set up now. Good luck on your your hunts I, this year. I was, I was thinking, did you not think about his build after he left? After, I did. I got oh, yeah. stuff that I want for you. Cool. You want a winch and you want lights? Like I got ideas. Still <laughs> Let's there. hear them. One air compressor still. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That'll be it. That one. That one's gonna one. happen. And two, I was thinking about this in terms of you know typically when you go on these big ones. You're by yourself and something that might work good both ways. But <clears throat> looking at the interior, usually in the back seat, one of them's like 60, one of them's 40, you know, bigger, smaller. Maybe we could figure out how we could remove the 60 and put a fridge freezer in the back seat so it's closed in the cab and everything else. You've got someplace out of the light that you can keep your cool gear. And then if you go out with the family, you could put it in the back on top of the deck system. Yep, and, that'd be and, killer. <clears throat> Especially brought, for, like, deer. Mm-hmm. You could cut, if you had to, if you were oh, in the man. middle of nowhere and it was hot outside, yeah. you could cut, butcher a deer, and fit the whole thing in the fridge freezer. Depending on what size you Drop have. the temp. Yeah. No, I've done, um, I brought a chest freezer to Wyoming one time because uh, I was hunting in a wilderness, and, and I archery hunt exclusively, so it's warmer. 
right, you know, right. August, September, it's mm-hmm. it's can get hot. And and my main objective, believe it or not, besides chasing adventure, is get that is my meat for the year. Like I right. literally oh, eat yeah. nothing but wild game. So uh, we I brought a chest freezer mm-hmm. and a generator, and that worked out all right. Uh, but I do like my meat to age, so I'd rather just keep it cool than freeze it. Right. I like to age meat for a couple weeks, and then I, totally. I do all the butchering. And so a freezer is not excited to right. me, but a cooler, that would... Well, I, I, I say fridge freezer. You set the temperature. Exactly. Yeah. So like, They call it a fridge freezer because you can double it either yeah, or. You, you, can, can, you can have it either way. I'd run it at 35 degrees, degrees probably right. right around there. Right. I set mine at 32. What else you got? Or We've if you don't good use ideas. it for that, right. you can at least... You know, put some pints of ice cream in there. So when you get back from that hot day of hiking oh in the woods, God. you have a delicious bowl of ice cream. Or a Klondike bar. A Klondike I bar. I could crush ice cream you while elk hunting. with your family. You I know, got right? auto pops in there. I mean, at that point in time, you're crushing calories anyway because elk <laughs> like to be in areas that you can really get to them. Dude, easy, you right? can't eat enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I, I know. I'd go on one elk hunting trip, and I'd come back, and I'd look like you, Dan. <laughs> Easily. I'd be like, what happened, Cooper? There's something really. Like, Dan used to be six four, three hundred and twenty pounds. If you want to find the elk, you got to look for the thickest place that you don't yeah. want to go. Okay, where could uh, <laughs> an animal with a huge antler not fit? Because that's where he went. <laughs> yeah, they don't want. They don't want to be by people. Yeah. It's like they're very no. antisocial. No, they are. I have no idea. Like I've been in in a few places where had I not seen the elk run through there, I'd have been like, "There's no way they went this way." Or you see and tracks, then you watch and, you're like, and you're like, "What? What? Mm-hmm. what in the mother of all creation happened here? How did physics even work like that?" <laughs> they're they're <laughs> unicorns, man. They're they're an no, amazing. They, they animal. have more than one horn. They have like the two huge. multiples. Uh, so huge. was was the trip a success? All of your hunting trips good? Absolutely, trip uh, performed as needed. Very reliable. Um, I brought a couple buddies with me to New Mexico. We all camped out of my truck. Oh, cool. So that was really nice for them like to be able to you know, have st- room for their stuff. Right. Nobody slept in my rooftop tent but me. I just well, want to make that The sure. fact that you very had to clarify that makes it kind of a red flag. But, yeah, go ahead. Carry on. Flag or not, I just don't want it twisted. What, what was that? What did you say? <laughs> flag? Flag. Oh, wow. Man. Cut that. Um, <laughs> well, it, hey, it was perfect timing for us to get introduced. I'm just glad we were, <laughs> we were able to get this thing Moving on. <laughs> dialed in for you before those trips. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like we need to put it back under the knife here shortly and get some more of those goodies put on there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wench, lighting. A little tinkering. Uh, and fridge freezer. Yep. I'm also going to buy your tires when they come off. Oh, yeah. Are you going to build your truck? Still waiting on gears. <laughs> Still waiting. Kevin Costner would be so disappointed. Kevin, Kevin Costner. There it is. Waterworld two. We're I know about we that. we have what? a ra- we have a we have a current race going on between Kyle and I. Who can build their rig the slowest? <laughs> Cooper and I are just waiting on parts. What are you building? Well, in oh, theory, yeah. the Jeep Gladiator. Oh. There's no theory. I'm building it. I have I have a whole slew of parts. Yeah, I've got. Actually, wheels. my hang up right now is that I need. I have. I have another rig that is. Um, getting fixed so that I have something to drive while I disable the other rig, which is kind of the thing. Like it's a leapfrog thing. You got to fix one so that you can fix one. Yeah. OPP problems. Yeah. Yep. Everybody's problems. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, I get it. I would say, 
you know, in every industry, you got to practice or actually, you know, you got to flex some patience this year, guys. Yeah, big time. I mean, good things come to those who wait. I, yeah. I, even in the archery industry, which is what I'm in, there's just, there's things I can't get for eight months. Right. And no one else can either. So but we're hey, all right. Yeah. That's the new normal. You said that. That's got to change, though. <laughs> I don't have the patience for the new normal. <laughs> okay, just Cooper's gone through. Oh, I haven't three, built three yeah, rigs yeah, since, that since I, COVID. I, I got with every intention of building, and had them long enough that I couldn't get parts. That I lost interest and moved on. <laughs> oh, I feel that though, man. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. So, right. in a perfect world, what would be your go-to? The, the Gladiator. Um, this this is like I am stoked. Um, you know, and just thinking about it. Yeah, we're going to have to take you on a wheeling trip so that you have an idea of what we're talking about. I, I do need to go, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, probably not Moab. Probably, like... Oh, no, we'll no, go we'll somewhere go closer. Local. We'll do, like... I don't want a night wheel and, like, no, 150 <laughs> drop-offs. Why not? <laughs> the cool thing about that is you can't see how scared you should be. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> don't worry. They won't hurt you. Trust fall. <laughs> Well, Dan, it is always a pleasure having you on our podcast, mm-hmm, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a great fit as an ambassador. Uh, I think one of the cool things and why it was an easy thing for us and what Cooper and I and, and our owner, Brian, had talked about on our 50th episode, which was the previous episode we recorded, is there's a, a really big camaraderie in the off, off-road industry. People want to help each other, and I think it's, it's the same in the hunting community, and, and you were a great fit. Um, so we appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Uh, if you guys want to check out Dan, you want to learn about elk hunting, personal fitness, um, or just investing in yourself, make sure you go check out Elk Shape. Um, what's your website? Is it elkshape.com? You got it. You can get some sweet swag there too. Check out his fitness camp. So make sure you go check him out. Uh, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> what? What do you like? What did I say now? You want him to go check him go out? Go check out Dan. Go check, check out Dan. Check him out. Check him out. Uh, on that note folks thanks for tuning in dan again thank you for coming we'll see you guys next time well hey just side side note side note that guy rode hunting with the razor will you turn the dang thing off before you come on on, bro do me a solid (laughs) we'll see you guys next time booyah